live from the VanastaHomesales.com studios, welcome to Theology on Tap, where along with Father Jason Adams, we discuss topics that matter to you in your Catholic faith. Father. Well, well, everybody, welcome back. Father, you ready to start us off with a prayer? Uh, yes, well, here we are on episode 14. So as we do all things, we now begin in prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Uh, Heavenly Father, we turn to the Gospel of John, Lord, and you gave your d- farewell discourse before you left us, and part of your prayer to our Heavenly Father was, as you sent me into the world, so I sent them into the world, and I consecrate myself for them so that they also may be consecrated in truth. I pray not only for them, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, so that they may all be one, as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, that the world may believe that you sent me, and I have given them the glory you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may be brought to perfection as one, that the world may know that you sent me and that you love them even as you love me. Heavenly Father, we ask that you be with us tonight as we talk about how, Lord, you call us to be one, but sometimes as the body of Christ, different parts hurt. And right now in our church, Lord, we know that there has been hurt through the sin of racism. Heavenly Father, we just ask that we just glorify you in this discussion and conversation today on how to talk about it and how to overcome because lord when we get to the heavenly kingdom you're going to call us by the name we were given in baptism and we will all share the heavenly banquet bless us in our conversation tonight as we make this prayer through christ our risen lord amen the father son holy spirit amen all right ben great prayer father well everybody welcome to the show uh this is title town theology uh, this week, we're probably going to get some new guests. So, again, we're Title Town Theology, and we're bringing people to Christ one victory at a time. Uh, looking forward to this week, uh, week 14 here. We're getting into the summer, the nice warm days of summer. But we got some great conversation tonight. We have a great guest and some great news and some great discussion on on how to heal and how to fix. No, exactly. And I would encourage those of you that are watching right now, go ahead and phone a friend. Please share, like on Facebook, also on Title Town under uh, YouTube. Yeah, uh, Title Town Theology under YouTube. Um, share, let everybody know, pass this link around. This is going to be a great discussion. No, ex- exactly. And we'll just go ahead and just get straight into it. Uh, as you heard in my opening prayer, and I'm going to turn to this camera right here. As you heard from my opening prayer in the Gospel of John, Jesus prayed that we might all be one. However, church, right now we have a problem. We are still not one. And I mean, yes, there's still many factions in Christianity today. Either you're Catholic, if you're a Christian, or there's many different streams and branches uh, in Protestantism. But over the last few weeks, the one thing that everybody can agree on in our Christian faith is that the body of Christ is hurting. In church, if we look at the news right now, we know that the world, our country, our people are hurting. And part of why we're hurting, it's not just because of the anxieties and insecurities with COVID-19. Yes, they're inconvenient. But we also know that lately, we have seen how people are suffering from the sin of racism. Right now, I know some people are sick and tired of hearing about protests or things that are riots on the news. 
while other people's are ask, people might be asking, we hear about this, what can be done? What is the church going to do? What can I do uh, with what is going on in the world right now? How do I respond to what we are seeing? Well, this is a very a very weighty thing to discuss. So the first thing I did, you know, as a Catholic priest and as a, a Christian, was wanting to know how did the Diocese of Savannah uh, respond. And back on June 4th, our diocesan administrator had this to say. He said, as our churches reopen, and many across the diocese are able once again to encounter the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist, the events of the last two weeks should serve to remind us that Christ is also present in every person we encounter, in good or evil, help or horror, solidarity or abuse. Any action taken for or against another human being is also visited upon the indestructible image of God the Creator. We must never lose our respect for life, which is fundamentally a respect for the inherent dignity of the human person rooted as it is in the image and likeness of God. This divine image is present and identical in each one of us. The murder of Ahmaud Aubrey and George Floyd or any human being is tragic and demands justice in our courts and forgiveness in our hearts. An act which degrades and denigrates a human person is destructive in the efforts to build a culture of life. To promote respect for life and the defense of the human dignity of the person, our dialogue and work to establish a true culture of life is ongoing because our personal and cultural conversion is continual. Signed, the Very Reverend Daniel Furman, JCL Diocesan Administrator. All right, so this is what our diocesan uh, representative has to say, but also we know that Pope Francis has also weighed in. In a Wednesday general audience, he said, my friends, we cannot tolerate or turn a blind eye to racism and exclusion in any form, and yet claim to defend the sacredness of every human life. Those are strong words from our Holy Father. So how does one go about addressing or even talking about racism? Well, tonight, we have a native Savannah pastor who is also the director of Black Catholic Ministry in our Diocese of Savannah, and he is going to help us begin that conversation tonight. So as we get ready to dial him up, you know what it's time for when we go to break? Da-da-da! Trivia! 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 All right, Ben, set us up. All right, so, trivia. Got a great first question today. Uh, Another American... Uh, question. Again, we continue. We've talked about a lot about American Catholics. I know we don't have the longest history, but we've got a lot of good news. So, uh, tonight's first question of trivia. Uh, quick roll through through the uh, rules we have. Very basic, very easy. One winner per household per month. Uh, one of our producers, Alan, has got a whole list, so we know exactly who has won. So, even if you get the correct answer right, we're going to move on to the first person. Again, Alan is sitting there looking for correct answers. He's on Facebook and he's on YouTube looking for both for the correct answers. So, without further ado, after our simple set of rules, let's go to our question. What was the name of the first African-American priest in the United States? What was the name of the first African-American priest in the United States? The first one, all right. A Dane for art to serve in the Diocese of the United States. All yes. right. Great, great question. All right. So, get ready to answer that question, and we'll get a hold of Father Cheney, and we'll see you. After the break. Oh, welcome back, everybody. Uh, so, quick little update. Uh, apparently, we went on live. We're not on our title YouTube 
Titletown Theology page. We're on the St. John's page. So if some of you have friends and all that are looking for us on YouTube, we are on the St. John's page, not the Titletown Theology. Just a little mishap on buttons hit there. Uh, but we are streaming live from our Titletown Theology Facebook page as well. And we'll be available uh, in podcasts. As soon as editing uh, comes around and has happened, uh, we will be available on podcasts. And if you saw the link today, we posted a link on today's show that we are now able and to take patrons through patreon.com we are taking patrons so you can help support the show uh, and we're looking forward to that so uh, it's great things happening here at the show and, and, and great things that are occurring so so we can get to this now our conversation trivia, trivia, but we trivia. gotta get that trivia answer so our question was what was the name of the first African American priest in the United States and the trivia answer was Father Augustus Tolton all right, who got that right? Uh, the correct answer was Alyssa Carter. Congratulations, Alyssa. First Alyssa time. Carter, right here from St. John's. Yes. All right. All right. Great information there. All right, so before we went to break, um, we had, and we had the trivia, I uh, just read the letter uh, from uh, Father Furman, and also it talked uh, what Pope Francis has said, and the question was now, how does one go, go about talking about the sin of racism? So right now, hopefully we have on the line, uh, uh, again, a native Savannah priest, the director of Black Catholic Ministry. So join us now. Do we have Father Robert Eugene Cheney? Yes. All right. Hello, Father Cheney. Welcome. Hello. Hello. Good evening, everyone. So we'll just give it straight to you. So, Father Cheney, right off the bat, how does one go about now talking about the sin of racism? How does one go about talking about it? I think one of the things we have to always look at the setting and who we are talking to. Because what we will say to young children, it probably won't be the same conversation that we will have with an adult. Okay. So I think that is very important is to know who you are having the conversation with. All right, so so building upon that, so um, like so like right now, how does one talk? Let's say within the context of um, if you want to begin with the, with the church. As far as the church, yes, I think we go back to the whole understanding. When we say the church, are we talking about a building? Or are we talking about the people of God? Myself, Father Jason, and all the priests, when we celebrate the Eucharist, we are celebrating the Eucharist, hopefully in the presence of people. And often in our celebration of the Eucharist, there is a diversity of people and often a diversity of culture as well to remind us that we are all God's sons and daughters and that everyone is welcome at the Eucharistic table, that everyone is free to be there and to participate in the celebration of the Eucharist. So with that thought in mind, that helps us as we go forth to discuss racism or any other social issue that needs to be addressed. As Christians, we have a moral obligation to discuss racism and to do all that we can to eradicate it from our society. From society, and that includes also the Catholic Church. 
All right. So, uh, so Father Cheney, like, so um, right now, so we talked about uh, five years ago. We uh, we aired your video talking about um, what happened in Charleston and how the people of God responded. And now here we are, five years later. Um, what has happened in the in the last five years? Um, you think like what happened then and now? Why why this heat and culture now? Why wasn't this type of response happening five years ago? Why is it that we're we're, we're we keep hearing talking about now? And there's more ongoing demonstrations. What has happened, perhaps in these last five years? I think in the last five years, you know, we talk about the massacre that occurred at Mother Emmanuel A.M.E. Church in Charleston when the people were, you know, murdered during the Bible study. And I think we like, as a society, once things are out of the news, it's no longer important anymore. But I think from five years of what happened in Charleston to what we have seen happen in Brunswick, Georgia, with the the killing of Amari, um, Ahmad Abari, and also of George Floyd in Minneapolis. It brought all of those things back to um, to focus to the injustice that is present in the United States. And I think what people around the world saw how George Floyd was killed with that policeman kneeling on his neck and George Floyd saying, I can't breathe and not seeing that policeman who had his knee there, are the others coming to his assistance. And I think that it, it enlightened, set a fire around the world because we saw people throughout the world commenting and having peaceful protests, you know, to state their opinion or their view about this. Oh, very much so. There's definitely... Um, in- We've seen like the attention uh, that was given. Definitely, how the cameras and all were there. So, uh, so with that, you know, Father Cheney, you know, we still see um, a lot of different demonstrations uh, that are going on. Time for voices to be heard. Can you just talk uh, about the distinction? Where um, I read an article a month ago, first after what happened in Brunswick, that said, you know, you know. At least in the South today, you know, there's predominantly, you know, white pastors don't know how really to communicate, articulate, reaching out to their black congregation. Um, and, you know, I've tried to reach out to say, like, how does one talk about what's going on? Uh, how does, I guess what I'm getting at, uh, Father Cheney, is how do, you know, how does a, a father of, you know, of a black family talk to their kids, you know, compared to, let's say, how, how my father would have talked to me uh, brought up? I think, you know, I'm the youngest of my of my brothers. So I know how my parents talk to us, you know, how they instill values in us, how we were to conduct ourselves at home as well as in the community. In the community, we always had that understanding that no matter what happened, and during the time I was a teenager, mm-hmm. a young child, there was no email, there was no cell phone, but our parents always knew whatever we did, if it was wrong, someone told them about what happened. So we always, you know, know how to conduct ourselves. As far as as we deal with the issue of racism, 
my parents always told us that we were just as good as anyone else. And a lot of times people think you have to have material things, but material things does not necessarily give you human dignity and respect. Material things are fine if we all can use them in the proper manner that they should be used. My parents also instilled in us, you know, treat others the way you want to be treated. And I think that's the most important thing is that we see one another as our equal and not as inferior to us because we are a particular race, uh, we have economics, uh, we have a particular educational degree, etc. No, exactly. So also, um, uh, so so Father Cheney, what can you like maybe perhaps like tell us also because um, I know like like firsthand like you've you so we talked about how do you talk to kids about racism? You talked about how your family addressed you. Um, I guess you were raised, I guess, during the time perhaps of you know, of integration and then uh, and other things uh, that happened during that, that time. And how, I guess what I'm now getting at is uh, how has the African-American culture and black culture remained so positive and looking so strong and so hopeful despite all these injustices and in what perceived there are still today? How is that hope? How are, like, how are you able to, to have this conversation with us, you know, today, uh, is still, you know, find joy. Yeah, I think one of the things when I can't remember the exact year that James Brown made that song, say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud. Mm. And that, that set a fire among many of us who were young at the time. At that time, you know, was somewhat post-civil rights movement in this country we begin to see more of appreciation for our motherland of Africa. We saw the hairstyles, we saw it in, in the dress, in the dashiki, in the kente cloth, etc. And it wasn't necessarily, you know, like in the past, a stigma or an embarrassment to be black. But that song, Say It Loud, I'm Black and I'm Proud, and it's just those words, say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud. And everyone, regardless of their culture or their race or their ethnicity, we all should be proud. And as a church, we are called forth to, to celebrate the ethnicity, the diversity in the church. Also, often as we know, people tend to think the church is only European, but there's a whole nother segment of the church that is not European, and all these cultures need to be celebrated and appreciated by everyone. No, exactly. So we talk about celebrating culture. So um, I, I know, Father Cheney, we talk about um, we want to combat racism. Traditionally, you know, I was public school educated. Um, we have Black History Month in February to learn about different contributions uh, to American society, but. Um, I, but the Catholic Church also celebrates uh, black Catholic uh, history. I don't think many people know about that, so I guess, Father Cheney, just tell us a little bit about, you know, what uh, yeah, black, black Catholic... Black Catholic, yeah, black Catholic History Month came out of the National Black Catholic Clergy Caucus. They saw the need to celebrate the black Catholic history 
the contributions of black Catholics to the church, especially the church in the United States. Many people at times are not aware of the black Catholic history and that they have been black Catholics for generations in this country. And we could look in areas of Maryland, areas here in the South, Savannah, in Charleston, in Mobile, in New Orleans, in the Houston, Galveston area, mm-hmm. and you have had you have had pockets of black Catholic there for generations and generations. You know, exactly. I guess Father Cheney too. Some people might be surprised. Like, wait a minute, you know, like it's kind of right here. There's like black Catholics. There's black Catholics in South Georgia, the Diocese of Savannah. Uh, Father Cheney, can you just like briefly, briefly tell us, you know, uh, how did you know? Christianity, the Catholic faith especially, come to the Diocese of Savannah? How, how, how did it, well, if we look at the history of the black Catholics in the Diocese of Savannah, the, the, the Haitian Revolution, the Haitians were considered to be the first black Catholics in the Diocese of Savannah that there's a written history of. And not only when they came, they also brought their their their, their priests with them. So it's the same thing that has happened. As people don't want to say Haiti today, they probably say San Domingo, which is the Dominican Republic. But the Dominican Republic in Haiti shares one island. You have one island with two countries. You have Haiti to the west, the Dominican Republic to to the east. Dominican Republic, Spanish, Haiti, French. But we know Spanish and French, they are two traditional, you know, Catholic nations in Europe. Mm-hmm. All right, so we have the, the two different cultures. They, they come in and uh, they minister in the, in, in the different times, and they'll bring uh, the faith. And, and too, um, what, I, what I for understand, too, Father Cheney, is I guess, you know, many people got to learn how, learn to read from the Bible, is that correct from brought over yeah they did you know because they were allowed you weren't allowed to um to go to school remember if you were you know if anyone taught taught the slaves or uh, even the freemen how to read that you were um put in jail it was an offense mm. and you had what you had what they call secret school where many people did teach others, to teach the freemen, to teach the slaves, you know, how to read and how to write, etc. All right. Uh, so ben? Yeah. Oh, Father, I kind of take on that point you just mentioned right there. Uh, one of those people uh, that kind of stepped to the forefront was St. Catherine Drexel. How can we be more like St. Catherine Drexel and, and to help others uh, and using our Catholic faith? Well, I think one of the things that will help us as we work with ourselves and work with others, we have to have that interior, interior conversion. We have to really convert ourselves to draw ourselves as closer as we can get to our Lord, to get to our Lord Jesus Christ, which will help us, all of us, to see everyone we see as our sister and our brother to see the presence of our Lord in everyone that we encounter, and to treat everyone with human dignity and respect. 
And I imagine that what drew Mother uh, St. Catherine Drexel to do all of the wonderful things that she did. She used her family fortune to start parishes for the black Catholic communities, schools, Xavier University of, of Louisiana in New Orleans is the only black Catholic university in this country and is still in existence today. And Xavier University put more blacks into medical school than any other university in this country. And that is some great facts, especially with her and, and your point on seeing Christ in everyone. Uh, mm-hmm. Can can you kind of help us out and maybe make that a, a point and, and make a little go a little further on that of seeing Christ in everyone and how how we should go about that? Yeah, I, I think if we again that that conversion that everyone have to go through, because if you don't see the presence of our Lord in everyone then you have this me and you and not we together. You know, if we don't see Christ in one another, we probably will treat one another differently. And it could go like I can treat maybe a a person of another race differently because I don't see Christ in that person. And that's when when we, when we, and that is, you know, become the root of um, racism. Racism, again, as we know, is a moral evil. It goes against the teaching of our Lord. You know, it separates the human family. And God's intention is that the human family is not to be separated, but rather the human family is to be together. We are part of a universal church, a church that exists all around the, um, the world. And even in our Diocese of Savannah, even as we look among our clergy and religious, we have people from many countries, uh, many nations. We have priests from Nigeria. We have transitional deacons from Ghana. We have our Carmelite sisters at our Native Competence Monastery here in Savannah. We, they are from Kenya. We have priests also from Tanzania and many other places. We have priests from Poland. We have the priests from Ireland. And, you know, the list can go on and on, reminding us of the universal church that we are called forth. As a child at St. Benedict the Most School in Savannah and St. Benedict the Most Parish in Savannah, when I was in school, all the sisters, the missionary Franciscan sisters of the Immaculate Conception, they all were from Ireland. My first years, probably the first seven or eight years at St. Benedict, our priests were Society of African Mission, and all of those priests, Father Bain, Father Turcott, Father O'Dwyer, those priests, all of them were from, um, from Ireland. And the great missionary work that, I mean, they treated us here in the Diocese of Savannah. The Irish pretty much led and built this diocese. Um, I think, Father, our uh, our producers, we're good. We're doing good on things. Doing good? Okay. We're getting a signal. I know they were getting to the point where... Well, I think they were looking for some questions. Well, I have a question, too, uh, building too. So, Father Chaney, you have the unique perspective. You are a native black man born and raised in Savannah, Georgia. Yes, and- my- 
my birth certificate, as I told you, Father Jason Adams says, Negro male. So, so, so being born, uh, as your birth certificate said, as a, a Negro male in Savannah, Georgia, and now to be a Catholic priest, you know, not from you know, from Savannah. How how did that come about? Like, how did how was part of your call? Maybe somebody's listening right now. You know, that could be like a a future, you know, Black American priest. You know, so can you just briefly tell well, like about your call? I think, I think one of the things is we recognize I'm from Savannah. I'm from St. Benedictimo Parish at 556 East Garden Street is my own parish, in many ways my second home, because, you know, we went to, that was our parish, I started my first four years of schooling was at St. Benedictimo School. I was there until 1969, until the school closed, and then we went over to Lesser Sacrament School in Savannah, Georgia. My sister, myself, and you know many others of us that left in Benedict. And you know the whole issue, you know, of the Church of Catholics. You know, to be a priest, my first desire was to be a Josephite priest of the Society of Saint Joseph of the Sacred Heart. It was the late. Father Michael Smith, who was the vocations director at that time, and the late Father James Mayo, who was the pastor of St. Benedict at that time, they both they both convinced me not to be a Josephite, but rather to study for the Diocese of Savannah, because the Diocese of Savannah needed black priests, they told me. All right, and so, and, and ultimately, where would you wind up being ordained? Uh, under the Diocese of which church? I was ordained at the Cathedral of St. John the Baptist on May the 28th, 1988. All right. 32 years ago. All right, so 32 uh, years. So, Father Cheney, I know, I know you've seen a lot in these 32 years. Uh, so, I guess another question would be, Father Cheney, we talked about uh, in the beginning about how to talk about racism, and you talked about knowing our audience. Is it the kids versus adults? So we know that right now there's some adults watching. So how does what does that conversation look like, uh, Father Cheney? Um, because I know some adults don't want to talk about it, where that's coming from, and some just don't know how. But if they don't talk about it, is that should they feel guilty, not guilty, or just they're not equipped? Uh, just any comments well, along I, those I, lines? I, 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 I think one of the things you know people may be hesitant or reluctant, but you have to be, the conversation has to begin somewhere. Whether, whether we begin talking about something that we can talk about in common, like maybe, you know, the weather, or, you know, the, what's happening economically in the world, or whatever that we can talk about together, and then move into that discussion on racism. We have to keep in mind, it is a sensitive thing. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to go away with one discussion. But the discussion has to begin somewhere. And then, you know, I guess, you know, not to be, you know, confrontational, are to make anyone uneasy in that conversation. It's just like when we go to the doctor, and the doctor may say, well, we have to watch, you need to watch your blood sugar, your cholesterol, or, you know, whatever. 
And in my experience, the doctor doesn't, you know, be abrupt when you tell you things like that. You try to be as, I guess, as compassionate or whatever so that you can really grasp what he or she is saying to you. Father, in uh, in prepping for this, I I, I read something uh, out of Galatians, and it said that St. Paul reminds us that we need to live by the Spirit, and the, the fruits of the Spirit. And when it comes to having that discussion, using the fruits of the Spirit as a discussion maker and, and, and encouraging an examine of conscience when it comes to those things, are you doing those things when it comes to seeing that in everyone? Yes, yes. And again, every day we have to go through a conversion because, to you know, as a black man, I could see what happened to Amari Arberry. I saw what happened to George Floyd. Do I respond in a negative way or do I respond in a positive way? Because I have a multiplicity of friends from various races and ethnicity, people that I'm close to very close to. And I consider, you know, not necessarily be my friends, but I consider them to be my brothers and my sisters. No, exactly. So, so Father Cheney, so uh, how, how would one then begin, knowing about the internal conversion, if, uh, if I'm someone that's in the parish and I'm wanting the parish to do something, uh, I guess two fronts would be, what can I as an individual do to educate myself, to know how to talk about racism? And two, mm-hmm. how would you advise, as the director of Black Catholic Ministry, if a pastor said, hey, Father Cheney, I got, I got people uh, that are angry, and I got some that don't want to talk about it. I don't know how to approach, I don't know what to do for my parish. So yeah. uh, how would you advise those, those two different angles, the person in the pew that thinks that nothing's being done, that they want to learn, uh, they might feel guilty about it, or somebody, you know, or the pastor that's afraid to talk to the people just yet? One of the roles, you know, as a pastor, whether you're the pastor, whether you're parochial vicar or whatever title we want to use, but if we are, you know, um, a, a Christian and then we are ordained, we have a more responsibility to address these issues. We, if, if we don't know something, then we need to go and find out the information that we need. You know, the bishops in this country has written several times about the sin of racism. They have made statements, they have made pastoral letters. You know, and was it two years ago, the bishops of this country wrote their last pastoral letter, Open Wide Our Hearts, The Enduring Call to Love, and it's a pastoral letter against racism not only addressing racism from black America, but racism among our Latino brothers and sisters, as well as our Native American brothers and sisters, and also our Asian brothers and sisters, to address that issue. And they are, they are you know, if you go to the United States Conference of, Conference of Catholic Bishop website, they have a whole page on those um, pastoral letters and because, you know, you could press it and download them to help you to better understand, you know, the whole issue of racism and what you can do as an individual and what you can do collectively as, you know, as a member of the church. All right. So, and also along those lines too, Father Cheney, um, we know that 
this is, this is definitely an ongoing thing. We know we're just trying to we're trying to talk about how to talk about it. So within you talked about from kids to adults, so that uh-huh. so it's always in front of us. Um, I guess when would be the appropriate time to discuss it each year? Is it like having a pro life thing? Is it during November or is it like put it part of our Catholic curriculum? Uh, what would be your opinion? Yeah, in my opinion, it needs to be addressed. And we can't wait till a particular time of the year. Because if you wait to a particular time of the year, when that particular time of the year is over, if you're referring to Black History Month, that means you could talk about it February 1st, and then after February the 28th, you're not to say anything else about it. Then from March the 1st on until, you know, February the 1st the following year, anything could happen things could you know explode you could have another national incident and then we'd have to wait again to the following february to discuss it it's something that needs to be discussed it needs to be discussed in the parishes and our faith formation and also in our catholic schools it needs to be addressed and hopefully as preparation is being done you know with the opening of schools and our faith formation programs, that it is a part of the um, curriculum. I remember at one of our Catholic high schools in our diocese, probably about 10 years ago, there was an incident. I was called in to come in, and the administration of the school, the adults, they were, you know, they had this plan on what they wanted to do. And so I say to them, have you spoken to the kids? Have the kids said anything yet? And they say, no. I say, I think it's very important that you talk to the kids and allow them to say what they want to say. And I remember in that discussion, one of the young men stood up and he shared his experience. He first apologized for the racial incident that had occurred in school, he felt very embarrassed by it. And he, before he ended, he ended up in tears because he said he remember what his parents instilled in him to treat everybody with respect and to treat everyone with dignity. And I didn't have to really say anything for this young man said it all. He was able to reach his peers and they listened to him. And that incident that they had you know, was able to be resolved among themselves. And uh, speaking of it too, Father Cheney, we know like right now uh, there's ongoing uh, movements. Uh, we've heard the celebrations of Juneteenth. We know we're hearing more about mm-hmm. Black Lives Matter. Um, right. I know some people will be like, when is this going to end? Is it going to end? So this- no, it's not going to end, and, and we are not going to go back to Africa because most of us, you know, we were born in the United States, so we hear all kind of things like that all the time that we can pack our bags and we can go back to um, to Africa. You know, we, we, we're not going to pack our bags. We may go visit the motherland, but we're going to stay right here in the United States of America. Hello. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, Father uh Ben, or producers, uh, anything you've been monitoring or anything? Uh... Uh, a lot of people watching, a lot of people, you know, uh, and if they have any, you know, comments, feel free because you know, social media is yeah, hard. I, I, it's hard. It's you know, yeah. I want to add this. You know, we, we there are men here in this parish and in other parishes 
who fought in wars, who went to like Korea, and they came back home to the United States, and they still were treated as second-class citizens, mm. where they were sent to fight, you know, for democracy, freedom in other countries, but when they came back home to the United States, they still had to come back home to Jim Crow and segregation. No, again, that's un- unfortunate. And again, too, Felicini, we know that uh, we don't... We, we know people writing these letters, and you know we t- we talked about these movements are going to go on. I guess the uh, point would be, you know, how how does it get people to listen, or how to actually just talk and what to do. I was speaking to one uh, gentleman that said that sometimes, you know, some people need to go to confession, meaning that they might uh, their families or things might have been part of things and didn't treat people as well as they could, but that doesn't necessarily reflect on them, or they have to identify that a part of their history. No, no, go ahead. No. You know, go, you know, we could go to confession, but again, if you're not having that interior conversion, then confession is really not going to help you. If you're not having that interior conversion, because then if we use the sacrament of reconciliation, you know, it becomes just maybe a gimmick. It's not what it really should be. It should be a conversion process. If you're open to that conversion, and we have to be open to that conversion process, for things to change, for things to happen. In the United States, we have seen some change because, you know, many people committed themselves to it. You know, when we see pictures, when the people were marching for the civil rights, when the water holes were put on them, when vicious dogs were put on them just because they were marching for their rights. We, we have that history, and we cannot erase that history because it did happen. But it, it, many people's lives were lost, sacrifices were made, so that we can be where we are today. But we're still not where we should be as a country because, as they say, racism is the original sin of the United States of America. And I think St. Augustine actually put it well. Uh, he he said that uh, it was the lust to dominate uh, when it comes to – he was speaking in, in, in terms of uh, of aggression and such, but I, th- I think slavery can and, and, and racism can, can lead to that and when it goes. Uh, Father Cheney, how can we as a Catholic church, how can we as the Diocese of Savannah and all the parishes, how can we be leaders in, in encouraging this interchange, this moral – change of attitude, this moral change of thought? The church, you know, has a moral responsibility. And again, we can't wait for um, Pope Francis has spoken. Father Furman, our diocesan administrator, he put out a beautiful, um, you know, document, letter, whatever you want to call it. But it takes everybody in the various parishes and our faith formations and also in our schools, to do what can be done. And as I told Father Jason on another occasion, you know, to put up the picture of Dr. Martin Luther King or any other black person with no explanation does not solve the problem. Because, you know, we see what we want to see, and we hear what we want to hear. But it's an issue that the church need to address because if not 
her her other statements in the community will be watered down. It does not mean much because people are you know watching and paying attention not only to the Catholic Church but what any church is doing when you mention religion when you mention God. No, exactly. So talk about maybe on a social. There's one thing you talked about the spiritual level. What is something we can do maybe on a social level? On the social level, I think. One of the things, you know, is we have that conversation. I attended St. Vincent de Paul Regional Seminary in um, Orton Beach, Florida, and St. John Vianney Seminary in Miami, Florida. And both of those seminaries, you know, the multicultural, the bilingual, and we were encouraged not to always, you know, sit at the at the meal table with people who are similar. Us. Of course, my first year at St. John Vianney, I was the only person of color who was in the seminary. So I didn't have a choice. If I wanted to eat, I had to be sitting to a table with other people from different cultures, from different, you know, spoke different languages. English was not their first language, etc. And we need to have, you know, have a conversation and, you know, I'll probably have it in a in a less confrontational manner with a meal. Many times we at a meal we get to know one another. And it doesn't have to be a seven course meal. It could be a very simple meal. Something a meal that we all could share in and have that conversation. Amen. I and think it's Catholics it begins with the Eucharist, but also uh, elsewhere, you know, we can have yeah, but, but, you know, sometimes there have been incidents where people say they have been felt welcome you know, at, at the Eucharist, I remember I came to celebrate Mass at one parish, and the first thing this lady told me, now, who are you here to beg for? Woo! And I told her, ma'am, I never, as a priest, I never went to no parish begging for anything. But she thought I was from, um, she said she thought I was from one of the African missions. No, so, so no. Sometimes even the celebration of the Eucharist, you know, may not always be a welcoming experience for everyone. One of the things we do, we have to make sure that the Eucharist, the celebration of the Eucharist, the celebration of Mass, is a welcoming experience for all God's sons and daughters. Yeah, speaking of I'm that, I'm not talking about even before COVID nineteen came about, where we have to social distance, because before then, when we didn't have to social distance, in some situations, people were separating themselves from others. No, no correct. Uh, but, so, Father Cheney, I know some people will say, you know, what comments I read or people I talk to, you know, I guess everybody experiences different forms, I guess, of racism. And some people will say right now it seems like it's white versus black or some of that. So, I mean, I guess, uh, but this is now in the forefront right now. So how does one maybe begin, like as a church, talk about, you mentioned, you know, the pastoral letter. It talks about you know, Native Americans and Hispanics. Um, but I'm sure some people will say, well, well, hey, you know, we're giving attention to this, but don't forget, if you're of an Irish descent, how it felt, or you're a German descent. We had national churches back in the day. You're right, the Catholic Church was divided by nationality and by race. Um, right. I'm, I'm pastor of a parish, Resurrection of Our Lord, which is the, the merger of most true heart of Mary and St. Anthony of Padua on July the 1st, 2000. So next week, the resurrection will be... 20 years old, but both of those parishes historically were black Catholic parishes. 
everyone is welcome at resurrection of our Lord. We don't make no distinction. Everyone is welcome. We have visitors from all over the world who comes, and many of them, they write back to the parish to compliment us on our hospitality because, we, you know, we take that very seriously. And we do have non-black members of Resurrection of Our Lord. Everyone is welcome at our Resurrection of Our Lord, the Catholic Church. Uh, so we get ready to wrap this up, uh, so Father Cheney. So um, I say any, like, final thoughts or, or comments? Uh, we're being told our producers is one of our most watched shows. We, this is, again, we're just beginning a conversation. Right. Things can't be solved. I know people no, tonight will be like, y'all could have talked about this or that. Night. It's going, it's going to be an ongoing conversation, but it's something that we have to be committed to and something that we have to all work towards. If we want society, and the church is a part of society, to change, and if we want it to be all that it should be, then we all have to work towards it together. Amen. Uh Father Robert Eugene Cheney, everybody, thank you very much for taking time uh, to talk about you know this conversation. Thank you very much for the invitation, and if you need me to come back, we will we will arrange that. We appreciate it. Thank you for joining us this time. All right. Thank you very okay, much, Father Cheney. All right. All right, have a good night. Uh-huh. Wow, Father Jason, I'm taking notes the whole time. Uh, Father Cheney has great words. He uh, very thoughtful in his answers. Uh, in the the lead up to this show, we we had discussed as a cast and and uh, and a crew about w- what to study and what to look forward uh, and look into when when we're studying for this conversation. And everything I studied, he's he's hitting on the nail when it comes to the Catholic Church, uh, when it comes to starting that conversation uh, and making the moral choice and the moral conversion is the word uh, that he liked to use. Those are right on the nail with what the Catholic Church is putting out. No, exactly. And, and again, this is just a conversation. I'm pretty sure when we look back and we look at text and comments, there's many different angles or many things we just could have branched out, but we have to start somewhere. And the first thing is, Father Cheney said, if we ain't going to talk about it now, when are we going to talk about it? Mm-hmm. You know, how do we begin this? And it's true. Um, other cultures do experience prejudices and racism. But I just think that right now, what we see in the news, what we're experiencing happens to be with people of color, people that are black. Um, but that's not to say what's going to happen a couple of months from now or anything else. But we need to address, you know, you know this, you know, now, people are hypersensitive, but the thing is we've got to learn to create that dialogue, and maybe we can look at some other resources and other guests to help us with this dialogue. Right now, we're talking about the black culture and people of African-American descent, but we can also look at other resources for our other uh, cultures that are part of the diversity of yeah, and, our and faith and church. What a great chance for us as Catholics to be leaders in this nation, is that we can step forward and we can be leaders here in this conversation. We, we can be the ones that we, we have the ability to bring this, and we have behind us uh, what we can do to help lead this conversation. And I, I wrote this down in the notes, and we, we mentioned it, and uh, Father Cheney mentioned it as well, uh, the U.S. Council of Catholic Bishops article on uh, Open Wide Our Hearts. Uh, what we can try to do is post that in the comments or post a link. At, and it's a 32-page document. It's not all 32 pages typed, but... Uh, it's a good, it's a great read, and I think as 
part of leading into this conversation and educating yourself, I think it's an important document that you should reference for yourself. No, exactly, because we go ahead too. It talks about biblically, you know, what our responsibilities on this earth, and then too, it talks about at least with the United States. I mean, like how the first racism was really with Native Americans. And then here we are talking about you know, African-Americans. And then we know in more recent times, our Hispanic brothers and sisters mm-hmm. are Muslim, Asian, as Father Cheney um, uh, was saying. But but also the way beautifully people have risen up, the Lord will provide certain people the gift of prophecy to speak up and to remember who they are and whose they are. And those are the ones that go on to you know, become... Uh, Saints, because um, you know we got to shine that light in some uncomfortable places. Because we know salt gives flavor, and salt can also burn. But you know we know that we're all going to be one in the in the heavenly kingdom. Exactly. Um, so um, yeah, I mean, like our minds are like uh, are like a parachute. They work best when they're open. You know. So um, I think I look at this generation right now. It seems to want to be more active. We're trying to find hold on to truth. And how do we share that? I think what happens is some of these movements happen so fast, even with social media, uh, the world became too connected too fast that our southern comfort zones, uh, and it's got like a little sticky. I don't know how to talk about that. I feel uncomfortable, uh, you know, different things. So, You know, one thing that I took from his his thing, the first thing he said was you got to weigh your audience. He talks about his the audience. Correct. And, you know, you got to do it in a way, you know, we're friends. I know we're friends. Let's, you know, we're one, we're Catholic. I go to church with, you know, people of all different ages and races, and I can speak with them differently. But, you know, we get too many times we try to reach an audience that's way out there with social media, and we post things, and we might have the best of intentions, but they're not part of our immediate audience so they take it you know in a different way they might project something on there oh you're from there so you're going to take it this way or they label or prejudge how you're supposed to right right so know your audience know who you're talking to you know and a lot of people have mentioned that this starts at home Hmm. you know it starts at for one in your house number two in the church you know we're already here we're all catholic Let's be one. We should be a family, you know. We're one body as a Eucharist. Yes. So, you know what? If reach out, you know, it starts at home, starts with your children, then it starts with, you know, your neighbor as, you know, John and Ben and, you know, uh, Father Cheney. And we all come together as one because we're Catholic. We're universal. You mentioned now family. That's one of those things we've talked about multiple times over the probably the last six to eight weeks where things start when it comes to family uh vocations family life fatherhood and now the conversation uh of seeing and loving our neighbor as we love ourselves those kinds of things it it starts with the family and And, encouraging our families to be strong families going back to our fatherhood episode if you haven't watched it it's definitely on youtube or facebook but he talks about he talked about materialism and he talked about what makes us successful and he went into that you know a lot of times in this generation we want to get clicks we want to get you know likes we want to get you know we have to have what everybody has how do we judge success how do we judge ourselves as human beings being kind to each other loving one another our children our children 
you know. And true, we can go to Matthew 25. That's the ultimate thing. That's what I'll say to my Protestant brothers and sisters, some of them might be watching. Because in the end, we know racism exists. We know uh, that there's all kinds of injustices out there. But what are we going to do about it? The Lord is going to look at us and go, you know, whatever, when I was hungry, you this. When I was thirsty, when I was clothed, when I was naked, when I was in prison, you came and visited me. You clothed me, you fed me. Uh, but when you didn't do those things, you didn't minister to me. And I'm like, well, Lord, oh, when did we see you this? Or when did we, well, we didn't know. Oh, you knew, then he, he cast aside. So I just think, you know, like, like tonight is like a, a wake-up call and a solidarity. This is one of many things about we know different things are out there, but the Lord has given us different gifts. You mentioned different charisms, different fruits of the Holy Spirit. And just to ask, you know, Lord, you know, of all the different things I see going on in the world, I know I'm called, my vocation is to get to heaven. What gifts have you can given me that I might, within the my state of life, that I could address certain things? And some things I might can do more, some I can just you know, pray about. And I just, the last thing I'll share is this, when it comes to family. For better or for worse, uh, you don't get to choose your family, but you can choose your friends. And I recently sat down with one of my former professors, if you're watching, Dr. Michael Knoll, and he recommended that I watch the Disney movie Coco. I had not seen Coco. That's one of my favorites. I Alrighty. watched that last night, and everybody... Wow. I mean, long story short, just the importance of not being afraid to own up who your family were, where they came from, because what you forget, you know, then you lose, you lose something about that of your character. It could be good. It could be bad. But our, our, there's generations have different life experiences. I mean, I'm proud to be a fifth generation Catholic in Cordial, Georgia. You know, um, it hasn't always been smooth. There's been different maybe prejudices and all or et cetera. But through Christ, I've seen what they've overcome. Listen to Father Cheney here in his history. I've seen how much, you know, his faith played a role in, in his people and his faith, what he's passing down. And as, uh, we're coming, you know, together. Uh, I just can't think, but just how important it is um, in the end, you know, your family, you know, as being there, the church family. So, it's, again, just, just watching Coco and just, just realizing, just get a chance to know your history, no matter what your history is and what your culture is and how to, to express and bring yourself, from our point of view, closer to Christ. That's my final thought. Uh, awesome. Here. You brought in a Disney movie. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, before we wrap up, Father, with your prayer, quick reminder, uh, we posted that link earlier okay. um, on our on our page for today's show. Uh, we've got a Patreon account. What it is, there are several different tiers you can sign up for, but to support the show. If you like what you saw today and you go back and look and see in episodes uh, what you saw and, and, and great episodes... We're looking to continue to bring this and, and, and to move this on. Uh, if you're a fan of the, the show Swag, uh, it's an opportunity for you to get a hold of some of that swag. Uh, we're working on shirts. We're working on glasses, stickers, uh, koozies. Those kinds of things are coming in the works. But this is your opportunity to support the show. Uh, and it, the page on the page uh, on Patreon uh, as we're put in the links on there, it, it mentions in what we're doing uh, and, and what our ministry is. And we're here uh, as just like we started this as conversations, nightly discussions, weekly discussions on our faith. Uh, we've created missions. We've created visions. We're, we're, we're here to have this conversation. And our ministry is to to bring this conversation out, to bring and have Catholic conversations with all. Uh, and we've done a great job of our audience is everywhere, Father. Exactly. I know we had a lot of new viewers today. If you're still with us right now, um, we just encourage you to, to like our page. And tell your friends and maybe to send us messages, whether it's a private message or a public message, about other things to address. And as you see, 
we want to spread the truth of Jesus Christ, and we're not afraid to talk in any avenue yeah. uh, about anything. So everything is through a Catholic lens to bring victory, you know, to, you know, to Jesus Christ. You know, so um, yeah. There's something that maybe you're not a Catholic and you have a question about. Uh, send us that, me- shoot us that private message, and uh, let us know. And it would be something uh, we're scheduling out in front of ourselves. It would be something that we would love to have a conversation with, because there's no better job of bringing people to Christ. Yeah, and too, we're all in this together. We yeah. all share this role together, you know, Christian or not. So, exactly. Well, as we do all things, uh, Rob, I want to conclude with a prayer to Mary. If there's anything else from. No, I think we had a great show. Like and subscribe. Uh, and d- don't be afraid to private message us. Even if it's as simple as a prayer request for somebody in your family, uh, for anything you have, we might not read them on air, but we look at every single one. And I know uh, Father Jason and Ben and myself and Alan and John, we read every single person who posts. So. Exactly. Some of you have sent, have sent me even private emails. Can I just say that the challenge that if you don't mind, write a public review. Yeah. Uh, we know that you're watching the Diocese of Savannah. We know that you're watching maybe in, you know, I think even in South Korea. We know that you're watching in Jersey. I mean, like, uh, or even what you just heard tonight, you know, uh, just if you feel comfortable, uh, please, because we're trying to reach. We started off just as reaching just St. John's, and now we know we've gone diocesan, and we're trying to go regional. All right, so this time I just want to uh, offer uh, our closing prayer to our Blessed Mother. I mean, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Mary, friend and mother of all, through your Son, God has found a way to unite himself to every human being called to be one people, sisters and brothers to each other. We ask for your help in calling on your son, seeking forgiveness for the times when we have failed to love and respect one another. We ask for your help in attaining from your son the grace we need to overcome the evil of racism that we have discussed today and to build a just society. We ask for your help in following your son so that prejudice and animosity will no longer infect our minds or hearts but will be replaced with a love that respects the dignity of each person. Mary, Mother of the Church, the Spirit of your Son Jesus warms our hearts. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. We thank you for joining this week. Have a great week. And uh, for thank you for watching Titletown Theology, bringing people to Christ one victory at a time. All right, see you next week. I have searched many years on end. There was none that my soul could depend. Yeah.